EDM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast where we make board studying more fun. I am Iltafat Hussein, joined by Dr. Blake Briggs. Sup? <laughs> For each 10 to 15 minute episode, we drop down high yield board knowledge. We like to say, come for the stem state for the content. We are actually producing this live. Live. We actually have blocked out the casino players right now. In Vegas. Yeah, we're actually on the ground floor in the casino. <laughs> we're actually sitting at a blackjack table at this time. That is a negative. That's a negative. We couldn't take the smoke in our lungs anymore. <laughs> that is a negative. We are live at SAM right now. Excited to be presenting this, where we just finished the SAM Got Talent contest. Dr. Briggs finished number two. That's right. Almost got it. That's right. Almost got it. Uh, representing for the pod. But we're excited to be here. We're excited to be in Vegas. I am currently fasting. It's Ramadan. So that makes uh, Vegas even more exciting. I'm as... currently not fasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, good times. But anyways, we're excited to be doing this live in Vegas. Uh, SAEM has been great so far. Um, feel free to check out their live stream that they had of uh, Dr. Briggs's presentation. Hey, Dr. Briggs. Yep. You ready to make this happen? Let's do it fast. I got a dinner reservation. <laughs> I believe I'm going to that as well. A 27-year-old male is brought into your ER via EMS on a stretcher. You ask EMS why he's sweating profusely. They state they were called out onto the Vegas Strip for someone who's acting, quote, excited. End quote. Bystanders state that initially they thought the patient was performing an act on the Vegas Strip and that he was running up and down screaming, I'm a maniac, I'm a maniac, and I'm dancing like I've never danced before. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> People were taking it pictures. Sounds so, it sounds so poetic when you read it. Right. People were taking pictures with a patient with the hashtag Vegas baby. <laughs> and all seemed well, or at least par for course for Vegas. <laughs> But then the patient became agitated that a Pikachu character would not dance with them and became upset. He subsequently took off all his clothes while he berated the Pikachu character. He then started berating Mickey and Minnie Mouse characters as well, all while naked and running up and down the street. That's appropriate. <laughs> Vegas. When cops arrived, he had to be restrained. EMS states that he would not stay still for them and they had a difficult time subduing him. Which of the following is true? A. The most common cause of this presentation is psychiatric in origin. B, hyperthermia carries the highest risk of mortality. C, ketamine uses has been associated with a higher risk of further psychosis. D, antipsychotics are preferred as first-line agents for sedation. The correct answer, Dr. Briggs, is... B, hyperthermia carries the highest risk of mortality. All right, let's go through this. We got a case of excited delirium. This is pretty actually par for the course for Vegas. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of people running up and down the streets naked lately. <laughs> That's just how it is. <laughs> I'm just stating the obvious. So up to 70% mortality alone in some of these patients. Wow. That's Not huge. all the time, but up to. Right. It's huge. So we've seen this in our ED. The patient that comes in kicking and screaming, yelling, near superhuman strength, right? And you can tell that they're not just a punk or a jerk. You can tell that something is medically wrong with these people. And that's what I like to say is it's excited delirium. You know, when I first, I think 
started residency, I feel like in medical school, they don't teach the term inside of delirium. They just say delirium, dementia, and you have to know the difference. You think about just the elderly. Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And they come in and you're going to say, it's a UTI, send little old granny home with some antibiotics or admit them for further workup. And in real life, though, it's much more complicated. And these people that come in with excited delirium, they're extremely aggressive, they're diaphoretic, they're tremulous, and they really are, quote unquote, sympathomimetic. They have a sympathomimetic state that requires often police intervention um, because they're called to the scene uh, for some type of disturbance or some type of burglary, assault, something. They're usually naked. They usually have less clothes on. They have scratches, bruises on them, right. and they're very difficult to control. Yeah. Um, they're a danger to police, obviously, their safety. They're a danger to people around them, uh, bystanders, and a danger to EMS they are taking care and of them. they're much easier to spot when you're not in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. Someone dressed up as Pikachu in North Carolina, back home, is pretty easy to spot rather than the Pikachus we see here. Yes. Oh, Pikachu. I don't know what plural Pikachus. I think it's I Pikachus. I have no idea. So the 70% mortality alone is excluding like major causes as well. I'm not saying 70% mortality when they've had trauma or 70% mortality when they have some acidosis. This is straight up just on average up to 70% mortality in a lot of studies. So let's talk about this. What are the causes of excited delirium? Are you pretty excited about this mnemonic? I am. I am genuinely impressed that you came up with this mnemonic, <laughs> also known as mnemonic. Depends what language we're speaking. <laughs> we're in Vegas, though. We are. So the mnemonic is called so high, appropriate. <laughs> so so high, the S is going to be silly acting, and that's just psychiatric causes. I mean, these are generally going to be straight up, usually people that are known schizophrenics or acute yeah, psychosis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or they're not refilling their meds or something like that. O is overdose, obviously. And that's going to be the most common cause of this whole thing. Um, and that's going to be uh, why choice A was wrong. Choice A said the most common cause of this type of presentation is psychiatric origin. That's incorrect. It's going to be um, overdoses. Most studies hint that they're going to be some type of sympathomimetic or hallucinogenic agent. So we're going to see what? You know, cocaine. We're going to be seeing amphetamines a lot. Ecstasies. MDMA. That's going to be a classic one as well. And then hallucinogenic agents. That explains a lot of these symptoms we'll talk about in a minute, what they present with. The H for high is going to be hyperthyroidism. So Graves' disease, toxic goiter. I is going to be infection. I mean, we can't we can't ever exclude infection pretty much in any patient that walks in the door, especially right. with delirium, especially with a fever if they have one. G is going to be glucose, another classic example of always checking a glucose as your, the, as we call it, the sixth vital sign a lot of times. Right. H is going to be head trauma, which makes sense. So what are the symptoms of excited delirium, Dr. Hussain? So these patients are going to be coming in uh, with a lot of the symptoms that we described in the STEM. So aggressive behavior, hallucinogenic behavior, they're going to be seeing things, the you know sympathomimetic symptoms as well. So you thinking about that hyperthermia, tachycardia. Uh, hypertension, diaphoresis, uh, that, you know, alludes that correct answer choice, which was B in this case, which was the hyperthermia carrying the highest risk of mortality. Um, also, uh, another symptom oftentimes is nakedness as well. <laughs> I wish there was a scientific term for that. I know. Lack of clothes. <laughs> they just love taking Nudity. clothes off. My <laughs> um, of course, would be associated with uh, some pepometic symptoms, which are pretty straightforward, dilated pupils. And for the med students out there, if you have trouble remembering the difference between mydriasis and meiosis or meiosis, remember that uh, mydriasis is a longer word. Bigger word means bigger pupils. That's the way I think about that. So dilated pupils, we think about mydriasis. think about the D, the D in mydriasis, dilated pupils. Oh, that's a good way to do it too. Yeah. You know, to each their own. 
That is true. That's why I found it on board bombs. So we, enc- we encourage. Don't, don't forget, forget so the so high mnemonic. That, that was fantastic. Yeah. So most concerning symptom that was the correct answer is hyperthermia. That carries the highest predictive rate of mortality. It's often associated with mortality. And I'm not sure why. Um, you know, a lot of it, you can make the argument for end organ ischemia and damage, but really it is just a constellation of usually associated with acidosis and more severe symptoms. So what are the steps of intervention? Let's go further here. These patients are going to present aggressive dangerous to themselves and others, makes them very difficult to manage. And so really as a preface to all this, really gotta do a good job here throughout the patient's care, being as calm and collected and as empathetic as possible. It's very difficult to do when you have a patient, you can imagine the worst possible patient coming in and they are coming in one, spitting at staff members, bodily fluids on the floor, uh, as in peeing, collecting stool and throwing it on the windows, which happened to a patient one time in RED. And smearing on the windows. One time. <laughs> yeah, one time. Multiple, yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. Multiple times. We had to get new glass windows. So <laughs> anyway, so you're gonna you're gonna lose your cool. And your job as a team leader is not to join in with that frustration. Any more aggression or tough attitude will add to the problem and add to the frustration. It'll also add to delaying medical care to this patient. And so especially with these patients that are very sick, these are ICU level patients. Um, and it just makes it that more difficult to care for them. Do you have anything to add to that? No, that's a good summary. Obviously, uh, staff safety is is going to be the number one priority. Absolutely. Staff safety always comes first. Your safety and then the patient's. So, first steps here. As this patient is being restrained, um, you're going to want to try the best to get IV access as possible. Of course, staff safety being number one. Um, Easy things to do, though. Oxygen with face mask. One, the face mask can serve as preventing spitting from the patient. And two, just having oxygen on them is a very helpful process. And especially if the patient loses consciousness later, you want to have kind of ready stuff um, just in case it delves down into further respiratory intervention. And tidal CO2, absolutely essential here. Vitals with glucose and temperature, we talked about that as well too. I feel like, unfortunately, these patients, we forget to do temperature on. You know, they come in, they're wrestling with police, they're wrestling with EMS, they're already cuffed maybe, or they're already restrained. And the last thing on anybody's mind is getting a glucose or a temperature. Because the patient's not going to cooperate with the temperature. You're going to maybe have the erectile temperature. And that, that, you know, you can't forget that, though, because the temp, remember we told you, is the highest morbidity mortality association. So sedation part. What are sedation options? You know, obviously, versed IM is something to think about. And the one that's become most popular, which I think everyone is eagerly waiting for us to say, is ketamine. Oh, I thought you were going to say Atarax. Uh, Just give him hydroxyzine. It's a little bit of hydroxyzine. That helps everyone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, ketamine. Hydroxyzine. So, Why? <laughs> if you're going to give IM, benzos, versus the way to go. And we know this, right, from status of sure. Versus Versed IM, best form. It really is. If you're going to give IV benzos, you give Ativan. So those are your two benzo options. They're good options. They're good initial things to give. However, they're a higher association, as you can imagine, with intubation because they decrease respiratory drive, increase hypoxia risk factors. So down the road, down the road does not help you, but immediately could offer some support. And that's why ketamine is one of those that we really like, right? Because it's going to be preserving your airway. It's uh, gonna have minimal effect on vital signs. Although, you know, you do have to be a little more cautious if the patient's already uh, very hypertensive and tachycardic. Um, So you should use it with caution there. Um, And, Obviously, less patients require intubation with ketamine. 
Yep. And that's just a known studied fact that it preserves airway reflexes with minimal effects on vitals. Because the patient's already going to be hypertensive and tachycardic. And so I know we always worry importantly about tachycardia and hypertension, especially if it's extreme levels. But we can tolerate a good amount of wiggle room with ketamine. Less patients required intubation with ketamine. And even the patients that were ultimately intubated, they had good outcomes because ketamine is a great induction agent, especially with these type of patients. So after we do the sedation, we address major underlying issues. And we're not going to get into the specifics of, you know, infectious workup, head trauma workup. That's all straightforward. The main things you need to address are the two arms of acidosis and temperature. These patients are going to be profoundly acidotic. Not sure why. There's a lot of causes. One, it could be from rhabdo, obviously from just overheating, overworking of their muscles. Especially, can you imagine if people are holding this patient down in the bed or cuffed or in the cop car or in the ambulance? Can you imagine the amount of force or friction these people are building up? Um, they're already sweating and tremulous, sympathomimetic. They're probably dehydrated, I'm sure, from doing, if a lot of them are also using substances. And so IV fluids, active cooling, passive cooling. If you're above 40 degrees Celsius, you need to do active cooling. And we actually talked about this. Flashback, heat stroke, heat exhaustion podcast from yes, ages ago. Yes, to that ago. pod. That was from August of last year. Amazing. We've come a long way. We have. I have gray hairs. Come a long way. Yeah. I uh, My gray hairs have uh, stayed gray. Yeah. You look very wise, though. <laughs> Acidosis, you know, end organ perfusion is going to be our main risk factor here, so we need to treat these with heavy IV fluids, rehydrating them, worrying about AKI, measure a CK as well to check for rhabdo, and then drug toxicity can play a role with the acidosis, I'm sure. And then the hyperthermia we talked about, temperature management. And all the while, this time, you are reassessing the patient with sedation issues, and one of the biggest concerns as we kind of wrap this up um, is going to be the patient that is active and violent and then stops being violent and you haven't given them anything. That's very concerning. That means that whatever is happening clinically, they just dove off the cliff. That they were reacting clinically to something and them going unresponsive either means, one, they are hypoxic and dying. You lost your airway because you gave them <laughs> yeah, some type of medication. It's not good. Two, whatever pathology they had just completely exacerbated whatever problem they're having. And so always keep that in mind. When you have a, a sudden switch in clinical status and the patient becomes more compliant, unresponsive, they're not aggressive, that's very concerning. You know, I think our tendency, unfortunately, is people don't want to make these patients more aggressive, that they put them in a dark room, turn the lights off, turn the stimulus off, restrain them, sedate them, keep them on oxygen, pulse ox, and they walk away for 10 minutes. And in 10 minutes, they could easily die. Right. Um, so constant eye. These are ICU level patients. These are not your typical SI patient needs psych to see them coming in. Right. Or they need to sleep it off. All right. You got anything else? That's pretty much it. I think that was a good summary. Um, it's a good. It's almost topic. sundown for you. It really is. It's going to be time to eat soon and uh, time to get some caffeine for me as well soon. Um, the most important takeaways that I had, Dr. Briggs, when I was listening to that were kind of the first line agents that we mentioned. So the quick summary being the benzos and really the utilization of ketamine, especially when it comes to preserving the airway. Um, And the other takeaway were some of the downstream effects of not being aggressive in management. Um, And, you know, such as rhabdo, uh, such as realizing that hyperthermia really needs to be addressed. Uh, They might subtly throw in a very high temperature and you are chasing in that question stem like you know interventions to calm the patient down and whatnot but you're completely ignoring the fact that the patient requires active cooling versus passive cooling right mm-hmm. uh, so those are a couple of the key takeaways uh, that they could turn into questions absolutely good points all around
Let's take it out. So here we have it. Another board bomb is delivered at SAEM 19. Hashtag SAM 19. Vegas. Pleasure to be here. Right, right. And remember to sign up on our website, emboardbombs.com, for future episodes and new content and updates. Again, that's emboardbombs.com. It's totally free to sign up, and it's at no cost. The benefit of signing up on our newsletters, you'll know when the new episodes come out. And also, we throw out extra content, PDFs, infographs uh, for our newsletter folks. You can find us on Twitter at emboardbombs. And you can find us on Instagram as well. I know I've been harking about Instagram for a long time, but it's finally starting to take off. Drop us an Apple review. We listen to them. And if there are any topics that you want, uh, we ask that you drop them in our Apple's review. Anything else, Dr. Briggs? We are the only podcast that does 10 to 15 minute rapid board review. And we will continue to always be that podcast for you. (laughs) Here from our hearts in Vegas, (laughs) signing off. Mission statement. (laughs) 